October 11th, 2002. It's the Watt from Pedro show.
Pedro Show, October 11, 2002 version. That was the Suburban Lawns, their first 45 from back in uh, the day. 1979, Long Beach <laughs> Band. <laughs> Used to play with them. Uh, before the Minutemen, we had this band called Reactionaries. And played their practice pad in Long Beach. In fact, played with them uh, at this club lingerie. Oh, yeah? Many years ago. <laughs> I played uh, the club lingerie last night, which was kind of a trip. And played there many, many years. And it's changed big time. It's like a giant disco. They changed the stage. It was, they didn't play very well. It was a horrible gig. Brother Dale brought me in there. It was kind of a favorite hymn to play there. Uh, yeah, I'm going to play some of his stuff later, his, the Robotos. I ran over a dude once right in front of the club laundry. Oh, really? <laughs> that was trippy. One time the meat puppets took their motor home and emptied the turd tank through the mail slot, through the hose. <laughs> a lot of history there. But I haven't played there in years. And uh, I met Brother Dale, with the, he was uh, assistant brother A. West, one of the last minute mentors, the Salvation Ministry, we took him aboard, and they had this uh, pretty much of a hoot with this, you know, kind of uh, evangelist uh, fire and brimstone thing. Brother A. West still around? Oh, I haven't talked to him in years. Uh, I don't know what happened to him. Disappeared. Uh, before that, we had Marsha Ball. Made up my mind, and we started with some John Coltrane life. In 63, Berlin. A lot of noise, huh? Yeah, a little action-packed morning in Pedro. The port's back in action. The bosses have decided to open it up. Well, they didn't decide <laughs> Bush invoked Taft-Hartley, which pl- totally plays into their hands anyway. It's funny how the uh, Daily Breeze, this is crappy co- uh, Copley news yeah. service paper, so pro PMA. Yeah, the, the whole the whole media was really stacked against the. the Especially that paper. The the day they opened the port uh, port again, uh, the headline was "Get back to work," you know, like it was a strike. <laughs> uh-huh. You know, and then the next day was back in business, which is what they are pro totally pro business. I was uh, up at Prac, you know, I Prac up uh-huh. at Angels Gate, and where the Marine Exchange is, people watch the harbor. The traffic. So you're the traffic controllers. The, uh, well, no, it's in an old uh, military building. I practice maybe a few hundred yards from it, but I'm not in that building. Uh-huh. In fact, it's all locked, gated, locked up. And a public radio reporter tried to talk to them about the situation. They wouldn't speak with them. Oh, yeah? So they went and talked with me. And uh, the guy wanted to know what it was like. You know, I told him I ride my bike at the crack of dawn and pedal around and by the waterfront and all this. And he wanted to know what the uh, what it was like to have all them boats outside the breakwater. You know, and so uh, I got to be on the radio, <laughs> <laughs> which was pretty much true. Huh? <laughs> so there's, uh, but that was uh, well, maybe they. Uh, 
parallel broadcasts on the internet too. It was the the Pasadena one, KPCC, oh, yeah, which is probably the best. Hundreds Much better than KCRW. Out there, hundreds. There's a couple on. I think 207 at the peak. Man, it was a trip to see them all parked out there. Yeah, and you know those cats, the sailors, the little Filipino guys, treated really bad on them boats, mm-hmm. eating rotted. Oh yeah, it's like, a, it's like a mobile prison. <laughs> Nightmare. Okay. Anyway, the port's back open. Jer, Peak, guys in my band can work again. And uh, I guess 80-day cooling off. But it's like a gun to the head. They're not, they don't, the union don't have much room to negotiate yeah. with these people. So. Screw the working man again. Yeah, again. Well, maybe they'll remember when it comes to voting time and they won't get carried away with uh, this war stuff. And they'll realize, you know, what's up. And maybe they'll vote a different way when it, uh, things come up. It's funny how uh, <coughs> labor delivers mm-hmm. a lot of these whatevers. We hand over the acquiesce power. They kind of made it PMA, and then PMA kind of turned on them. <laughs> yeah, PMA. What's to say about them? Okay, uh... Here's Jay Maskus in the fog. Tell the truth. What from Pedro show?
here today in the recording studio with Reverend Nor preparing to record his second solo album. Reverend Nor, if I could have a moment of your valuable time, if you could just tell the kids how you're going to come out here with one of your zany monologues and, and give it all you've got and, and really ball the jack. Reverend Nor, tell them how you're going to just ball the jack. Reverend Nor, Reverend Rever Nor, come over here by the mic. Reverend Nor, over here by the microphone, Reverend Nor. Tell them how you're going to ball the jack. Uh-uh. Reverend Nor, what... what? Come over here. You, this, this isn't like you. This isn't seemly at all. Come, you, you're recording a second solo album. You are Earth's greatest rocker. Come here and tell the kids you're going to ball the jack. I, I, I don't want to ball the jack, Cousin Skip. I don't want to ball the jack. I just don't. Reverend Norm, you've got to ball the jack. You're Earth's greatest rocker. Come over here. Tell the kids right now you're going to ball the jack. You have to ball the jack. You are Earth's greatest rocker. Ball the jack. Skip, I, I just can't ball the jack. Uh, on my last solo record, I, I was bawling the jack, Skip. I was bawling the jack, and, and things got out of hand, and words were said in anger, Skip. Skip, I've got the devil in me. Be that as it may, Reverend Orb, it, it, is, it is your sworn duty to ball the jack. Now you come over here, you tell the kids with one of your zany monologues, your zany monologues, how you're going to ball the jack. Skip, uh, I, I'm going to have to put my foot down. I will not ball the jack. I will not ball the jack. You've got to ball the jack! I, I, I will not ball the jack, Skip. There will be no balling of the jack. I don't even know what it means, but I'm not doing it. It's going to cause me to just lose control and, and, and do the devil's work. I, Skip, no, absolutely not. There will be no balling of the jack. No, no, nothing you say, nothing you say, Cousin Skip, can make me ball the jack. <laughs> oh my goodness, the smell of brimstone fills the air. Who is this interloper? Reverend Orb, it is I, Satan, Satan, Satan. Well, hey, Satan, how you doing? How's the job at go-kart treating you? Fine, thank you, but I wish to tell you about not balling the jack. Reverend Orb, you need to do the devil's work. You need to ball the jack. Darn it, Satan, I just won't do it. I won't ball the jack. I simply will not ball the jack for you or any man or beast or demon known to mankind. I, I shan't do it. I shan't ball the jack. Oh, but Reverend Nord, you must bring the ancient evil to the world that is the Hucklebuck. Satan, no, I shan't. I shan't bring the ancient evil that is the Hucklebuck to the world. I shall not do it. By putting my foot down, there will be no balling the jack. There will be certainly no Hucklebuck. I, I am a moral man. I, I, no, no balling the jack, no Hucklebuck, Satan. I'm sorry. That's it. Case closed. Oh, but Reverend Nord, remember, good girls like bad boys. Yeah, okay, um, that, that, that's true, that's true, point, yeah. Um, well, well, wait a minute, but, uh, who do the bad girls like? Reverend Nor, bad girls like bad boys, too. Oh, well, in that case... They, all of them, know. Ask the sidewalk painters of Paris... Ask the sunlight on a sleeping dog. Ask the three pigs. Ask the paper boy. Ask the music of Donizetti. Ask the barber. Ask the murderer. Ask the man leading... Oops. Got cut off there. That's Charles Bukowski with a portion of uh, They, All of Them Know. Um, I don't know why it got cut off, but hey, that's lame because he has uh, very wise words. Before that, we had Reverend Norb 
with uh, Satan Sounds Like Zodiac Mind Warp. Before that, some live pop group, Shake the Foundations. And um, started with Jay Maskus in the Fog off his new record, Tell the Truth. What Pedro show here. Uh, three weeks ago, I went and saw Slater Kenny with Pettibone, who's in Europe right now. He'll be back next week. And anyway, I did an interview with them. And, uh, well, I seem to spiel a little too much, so I had to edit it. <laughs> but I'm going to play it for you here. This is them uh, playing their Hollywood gig at this uh, mall thing. Hollywood and Highland Mall. Kind of very strange. That's the new chic zone? Yeah, kind of a motif of uh, Cecil B. Uh, DeMille. Or, no, more like the Intolerance. What was his name? Uh, which one? <laughs> no, the guy who made it. Uh, uh, Birth of a Nation. God, I Alzheimer's again. <laughs> Jeez. Jeez, I can't think of his name. Anyway, um, got more ambient sound flooding in here, Brother Matt. Yeah, shut that hatch, maybe. Anyway, here's the uh, interview I did with Slater Kinney on uh, September 21st, 2002. Watt for Pedro show. You know the word sueño? No, what does that mean? It's Spanish for sleep, but it also means dream. It's the same word. What if you sleep and you don't dream? In Spain, you probably don't. Ow! <laughs> <laughs> Corn has, has baby. Corn has toddler. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah, I should oh. talk.
still have that band, uh, Team Trash? No. Uh, no, she's still doing Chainsaw, kind of. Uh, she's like totally into computers now. She don't play bass? Is it easier living in the same town? You weren't in yeah, the same yeah. town. Uh, yeah. I was wondering how you guys write songs. Do you sit down, committee, dream by committee? Or does somebody come in with the word? No, we usually do, like Carrie or I will come in with the guitar part and we'll work on something. And then we all take it to Janet. She kind of kind of listens to it, gives us feedback, and then we all work on it together, you know? So it's not like everybody with a four track. No. Here's my demos. No, no, never, never. <laughs> and no one ever really writes anybody else's part, you know? It's just maybe a suggestion, like, oh, try this, or here. But everyone kind of comes up with their own stuff. Yeah. And, then, and then we make, like, and then I make usually a cassette at practice. And I listen to the cassette and, like, think of ideas, how the song could be more powerful. What about the words? Are they single person? Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, because they seem very focused. I wonder how could you do that and collaborate? But the words come last. Yeah, usually. Or the title. The title comes very last. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Huh? Two minutes before we... I mean, this might be kind of biased or obsessive, but uh, it's the base issue. What was, the idea? <laughs> what was the idea of making a band without a bass? Whose idea was that? We just didn't know there was a bass. We were both kind of just snobs. Both of us were in other bands and we are both guitar players. Yeah. We didn't want to become bass players. Yeah. 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 And you weren't missing it in the sound? No. You didn't have like a retarded lame friend? That's usually who gets put on bass on right, the right field. Okay. Uh, but you know what? Especially with this new record, I hear like bass parts in a way. Yeah, I know. I, I really kind of... Hey, Sarah. Transformed like, into more of a bass player, I think, over the years. Just because it, like, sometimes it just really sounds you know? You know, just like... Of a, just like a lot of those 80s bands that, you know, that weren't arty enough or something. I think we always wanted to be a little bit more arty. Oh, unless you rock and roll, yeah. right? Yeah. Rhythm section. Bass parts never, or your guitar parts never get written first, then? Not usually. Carrie usually comes up with something first, and then I write to her. Oh, yeah, that's what okay. happened a lot of the last Yeah. yeah. Good ones to choose from, yeah. but we all just sort of agreed on that. 
thing. Why'd you call it one beat? Because you live in one town. <laughs> well, it's Is that stupid? The song no. started out being one beat because it's the drums play one beat, so it's like the working title, which we have for almost all the songs, which is some working title that doesn't end up being the actual title. But it's sort of like philosophically, the whole album just started sort of revealing itself as relating to that name. <laughs> when was the coyote, or uh, the fox one? Written? Yeah, in the beginning or the end? In the middle. In the middle? One Me was one of the later songs. What was the first one? Hollywood, I think. My high school was like, I was different enough from everyone in LA just because of who I am. And I'd never fit in with like the cheerleader, blonde, beach going, you know, LA scene, which is kind of when I was in high school, like late 70s, early 80s. Prep, um, like preppy, you know, and I just never fit in with that. But it was not, nothing. No one acted out towards me at all, even though I looked a little weird and you know, wore an overcoat every day to school. And what do you think about now when a young person is probably very normal to have a couple years of green hair? And yeah, well, I, for me, I've said before, like the most shocking thing is when you see people on TV commercials with like that look, you yeah. know, and it's just so bizarre. Like, that's like they're using that look to sell things now. Like, that used to be just. You know, something that just the really wild, you know, crazy music kids would look like. And it's, and it's pretty bizarre. I mean, I, I'm not sure, like, kids today maybe need to take it to some other level. What do you guys think of Ray? I don't understand. I mean, I feel like that's really the first thing that I didn't understand. Like, that was the first, like, schism, like, generation. Like difference, I really don't understand Ray Culture. It hit right after I graduated high school. Do you think it was going to be like the, the new outside thing? Sort of. It sort of seemed like that. Like kids were turning to that because it was it had a fashion and it involved like yeah, it had all this, culture. You know, it had all these elements. It had the music, a fashion, and a drug, basically. And it was something that their parents didn't understand. You know, it definitely was different than and. And I mean, it was something that scared their parents way more than, I guess, music. Being in a band. Yeah. What do you look for when you ask bands to open up? I guess we try to put together, like, an evening that's going to take the kids on some sort of journey, you know? Like, they're going to see some things that they maybe haven't seen before. Or seen people who are taking chances on stage or going out on a limb or being creative like every night in a different way like things that don't happen a show that's going to happen once and that's, that's it you're never going to see that same show again you know it's not going to be like the band's all doing the same set list and the same moves every night and you, know, you go to the next town and you repeat the same thing when you think of genre and you think of like the bins at the record store it's just those rock, like rock, pop, soul, jazz and you just think of those same ones that are so totally ingrained but <laughs> almost meaningless at this point. Genre becomes kind of hurtful when it, when everything becomes retro. And like, every new thing gets put into like a, something that's already happened. Like, oh, this is a new rock rock movement, you know? Like, how does that really help anyone process the music at all except to just lump it into a, a category? What do you and, guys have to do with the Riot Girl 
people ask you about? Yeah, people ask us about Riot Girl. I mean, it's... Is it a style of music or a no, state I mean, of mind? No, it's not. I mean, to me, also, it's difficult to assess that as a style of music. I mean, the, like, the Ramones are punk. I mean, they are, like... The Ramones are punk and Bad Brains are punk. I mean, that's, those are two different styles of music. I mean, one, I guess, is hardcore. But, I mean, it's just... I think it, it has to be more... Ideology at this point than the musical genre, like musical sound. I mean, like the whole idea of what punk music is. I mean, it is just marketing. Like punk as a as a music to me is just. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. I mean, genre is reductive, and it just it is just it does just help people understand. I mean, it's the same with, with journalists put labels on bands or compare them to other bands. I mean, it's just a way for people to. Doesn't it harm that idea? But maybe the challenge is to defy that. Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, maybe it's when people are ready to, to challenge themselves to just break out of any mold that's possible. I mean, I find people like, what kind of band are you? And it's great that it's like, you know, it's a hard thing to answer. And I would rather just not answer. You know, it's like, just listen, listen to the music. Yeah. So you, you wrote, what about the word crossover? What about, what's the other one? Uh, what about taking it up a level? Have you ever been told this? No, taking it up the next level. I like pushing the envelope. I love that one. Yeah. yeah. Raise the roof. I love raise you, the roof. Yeah, thinking burn, outside the box. We think outside the box. Earn the privilege of uh, paying more people. Yeah. What about that one? Well, definitely, like, uh, I've never heard girl, that one. My girl was like a ghetto. Like, lots of, like, our music gets, there's sort of like this ghetto of, like, female music. And usually we're, we've risen above the ghetto. Right, right. Like, we've somehow transcended our own gender and history in order to make good music. Go ahead. I, I mean, that's, it's like, it was the same thing for, you know, in Olympia, like, when the Riot Girl thing was starting, it was just like, um, you know, my first band, Heaven Spence, went on tour with Bramobile, and it was like, nine girls in two cars, and we just started driving across the country, you know, and... and of course, we would talk about ideology all the time and, um, and, and it had a lot of discussions at our shows, you know, so it was, it was a really organic thing that happened and we didn't know that it was going to turn into something that was national at all. Definitely, because there was such a strong reaction to it. By the time we got to, from Olympia to D.C., suddenly there was a movement, like on the by the time our tour ended up there a month later, suddenly there was all these girls that were now riot girls, you know. Critics. Huh? A lot of them are very academic. Huh? They're not very intelligent often, actually. I mean, it seems so separate. Form of a veneer. It's separate from, from who we are and what we do. I mean, I just, I just don't think that anything that's ever written about the music can supersede the music's own importance, no matter how much they write about it or dissect it. I mean, the music just stands on its own. You know, it's too but then the zine people, they're right. It's almost like the zines have all written and now they want to write about new things. You know, we're like not a new band, you know? So there's, we're not like, you know, we're not written about as much in zines as maybe when the band was first starting in the yeah, first, yeah, you know, yeah. three or four years because, you know, you play bigger places and you get more fans and those people want like, you know, they want the underground, like things that no one's heard of. They want to expose these things to people and, you know, write about the cool new thing. So I, you know, I, I think that the
I think the young people want us to stay the same more than they want us to change. No, in your mind. I'm not talking, you can't know really what's in yeah. their mind. I mean, I feel more of a pressure to like, to not to change. Not, yeah, like that people want us to write those same songs again. And, and that makes me even more determined to like push it out somewhere new. Like we don't want to just write those same songs over and over. Yeah, it yeah. almost like takes away from the songs if you just redo the song, you know? The idea is to write something new and relevant. It feels like we still want to use the framework within which we work, you know, like the two guitars and the drums. I mean, to completely change, you really have to give up your instrument and play something else. Like, to me, that's the only way to sound totally different, is to not be playing your instrument. You know, like, if we have two guitars and drums, we're going to sound like Slater Kennedy, probably. But we try to, like, take kind of different avenues as far as, like, song structure and... and sort of the dynamics of the record. You guys have influences, right? Yeah. What, 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 <laughs> what do you think of X-Ray Specs? Do you like them? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. What about the Sonics? Of course. Sonic. We're from the Northwest. Well, not that Sonics. Oh. The New York one. Oh, the Sonics. Sonic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, oh, the Sonics. The Sonics. We're doing our Bob Lawton impersonation. Oh, yeah. I love Sonics. When you were first starting? Yeah. Huge. Yeah. I mean, like to see a band that cool improvising on stage, it's just, it's mind blowing. Yeah. Because it's like, I listen to jazz, which I love, and I love improvising in jazz, but to see, like, you know, this cool rock band doing it, it's just really. I still feel that way when I see Sonic Youth. Yeah. I still feel, just feel really impressed, you know, like. Listen to what they're doing, and that's so incredible. Now they're still with this drumstick. Like, even though I've seen it a million times, it's still totally blows me away. Do you like some of the young bands? I call this band uh, Lightning Bolt. Yeah, Lightning Bolt. Lightning Bolt? Lightning the Bolt. drum and bass yeah. thing? Good stage show? Yeah, it's a great show. And the, the audience interaction is... Yeah. Really great, and there's so many girls. Like they're a chick band, you know. I had no idea. It's like, wow, there's all these girls in the front jumping around, going insane. That's I like that. No, I feel like here today, like what emo is. I'm like, oh, that emo. Like, what about the emo, the DC emo? Yeah, yeah. You know, like that's what I thought emo was. Like Slint. You know, with the bright eyes. I played with him. He's a nice cat and stuff. But see there again, genre, huh? Yeah, you wonder if people are really right. Crying. I mean, he literally is crying. He is awesome. crying. <laughs> he is crying. We listen to the, I have the most recent record. I really actually like a lot of it, but there are certain parts where you're just, he's crying. Yeah. It's like, oh my God. It just makes me smile. You know, I laugh. Like, it makes us good, you know? It makes me feel something other than, like, oh, this generic garbage. Bass lessons. This is my friend Chris. We're, we're doing an exchange, but he, he wanted to learn how to play guitar. 
It wasn't weird though. What's he teaching you? He's gonna just do like you. I t I just told him that when I find a new place to live, he said he would do all the painting. Yeah, harder. Because I have a real weird ideological problem with this. Showing somebody how to play. It's a real problem for me. Really what about like he's like almost forty? Like he just wants to. He's not like he's not gonna go out and. I'm not teaching him a style. What he about literally telling someone like? Or use food him, words. What about, maybe the, no what about teaching him the other things about like? Like here's some tips. Right, you just grab it. Sometimes I think there needs to be more like oral tradition between musicians like about a mentor. like. Yeah, like like you know when you like especially for women like when you get to the show and you have to do your first sound check. Like, yeah. You know here's what's gonna happen. Yeah. So that they don't get there and feel humiliated. You know when they say kick snare hat and they don't. You know how do I do that? You know like sometimes I feel like or like how to tune your drum. You know like this is how you might start. You're not afraid of uh, cookie cutter. And they're off. Really, See, I that's the like fear I got. I think the worst thing the worst world could have is like the hundred Mike Wild bass players, you know? But like telling Jesus someone how Christ. to their sound, you know, like telling someone how to survive. I guess it's, it's like something about being a woman in, in sort of this dominant male scene. Like when you get to the club and it's all guys. Like, you know, make sure you fight your monitor mix. You know, make sure that you don't, you know, get pushed around. Like that sort of message to pass along. But I don't think the person that taught me how to play guitar, I mean, he just showed me five chords, and we, I couldn't, I'm the farthest thing from a cookie cutter version. It's the guy from Sunday Day Real Estate, Jeremy Eden. Oh, wow. He showed me five chords, and I play guitar way better than he did. So you is. took it from there. <laughs> yeah. I, you? Mean, I just think people have natural, like, I don't think it's, un I don't, I'm not, I don't worry about, like, an institution, like, forming around. And I think someone, someone who would ask you for guitar, or for bass lessons, or you yeah. for guitar lessons, they don't want to be cookie cutter. We've been doing the, the rock camp in Portland, and it's, it's really great, because there are these, you know, these girls that just, they just want to know, they just, you know, they just, talking to them about, about it being done, you know, like, like, this is how you get started in doing this thing that's sort of intimidating. But I wish you were watching Shannon because she's actually someone who is out there, you know? Yeah. And she's so raw. Is she from Portland? No, she's from Atlanta. Whoa. She's so raw. I mean, it's it's really, it's, it's like art rock, you know? Yeah. It truly is like art rock. It's great. It's amazing to see it every night. You wouldn't want someone to give up because some sound person scared them, you know? Although maybe if they're not tough enough to, you know, battle through that, they may not make it. I think it breeds a little maybe mediocrity. I mean, we definitely, like even eight years ago, we started, had a lot more hurdles, you know, pushed up against a lot of things all the time. You and know? you were better for it, right? I think it, it didn't kill you. The hurdles really, they changed though. Like now, being a band that's been together for a long time, the hurdle was like keeping it keeping it real, you know, keeping it true. Like, how do we keep our friendship, you know, honest and vibrant and vital, you know, and how do we keep our music vibrant? Like, it becomes like, it's like a whole different battle. Yeah, yeah. sometimes the wall is your own wall, you know, it's not like some outside, like, societal or, like, industry wall. It's like the, the walls that you have in here sort of your own, like, psyche or in your own, you know what I mean? 
I think the bottom are in the heads.
Hot from Pedro show. Getting at the end of the first hour of the October 11, 2002 edition of the show. Here in the Love Grotto on the Pleasure Point, Wild Kingdom Radio. Brother Matt assisting me here. Uh, that was some Slater Kenny from their new record. A song called O. Oh. Before that, you had retarded Watt doing his uh, imitation of a, a pretty pathetic version of an interviewer. Uh, you know, I'm still new to it. And uh, like last time with Raymond, I, I had some stupid stuff. And a butt in. And <clears throat> so I have to get better at that. But they had a lot of interesting things to say. It's They're, a trip, uh, though, talking to people that you know and and not being able to just get in your natural groove. Huh? I remember when I, <laughs> I would interview Carlos when I was at KXLU, and I knew him good. But, man, those were the most awkward uh, interviews, and he, he would give yes-no answers and talk with his hands, and that stuff just wouldn't work. Don't translate well, these, <laughs> these gals, they... Uh, they're very articulate. And yeah, it was cool to listen to it. It was cool a pan chance. playing before, uh, right outside. Of course, Raymond got all embarrassed and bailed. <laughs> so I was there alone, and I felt so awkward. And But I really wanted the people who listened to the Watt from Pedro show to get turned on to them because uh, they are interesting people. And it's a trip how, uh, I mean, they are a lot younger. Drummer's close to my age, but the other two are still in their 20s, and it's a trip out of the movement through all the years. <clears throat> Still uh, cascades. And uh, newer folks come aboard and have uh, stuff to offer and contribute. It's, it's not like everything was done 20 years ago. It's interesting to see the ripple effect. And uh, I wish I would have had it more together. I thought of a million things to say on the way up there. And, of course, when... Uh, Came down to it, I got all scared. <laughs> Forgot everything. <laughs> Just idiot. Just idiot. And it's it was right before they played too, so it's you can imagine in their minds. Like Carrie was conked. They woke her up. I I told them I'd do it with just the other two, but they woke her up. They wouldn't. That's why it starts to swing you. Okay, um, end of the first hour here. Uh, October 11, 2002 edition. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Hold tight for hour two. Coming right up. October 11, 2002. It's the second hour of the Watt from Pedro show. Right on, you bring on Hammer down. These guys will be accompanying me. They're also from Pedro, so they're legit.
show whoops had a little thing there uh, that was uh, a reading of the Gettysburg Address by a band called when people were shorter and lived near the water an 80s band I can't remember where they're from maybe New York before that we had uh, uh, Jeff Pincus's new band Areola 51 with uh, Sheets of Sand and Crisco. <laughs> Jeff just sent me that. And we started with D. Boone in 1984, a live gig, him with his Hammer Down project. Cats learning the drums in front of people. <laughs> he had four cats from Pedro doing floor tom <laughs> while he wailed on the guitar. And now I'm very uh, pleased to... Uh, Hand over the spin platters to Brother Matt for another spin cycle. Thank you. Here we go. Hey, baby. Ain't you lazy? I'd like to have a piece of that. Baby, give it here. Mama, how much do you want? Baby, 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 baby. Nothing like a party. Let's party. Take them off, mama. Take them off, mama. Get them off, mama. I got the heavy, baby. 
Yes, I'm thinking of this. Yes, I am. Puddle Town Tom was the underground. Hold you tight. You're so close. Yes, you are. Please hold on to the steel rail. C- Colonel with gloves, drafts leeches. He isn't love on Sunday's mail. All the fives crock Henrietta. She's a mean go-getter. Got to write her a letter. Did I wink? Did I wink? Chugging along with a funnel of steam All the fives crock Henrietta She's a mean go-getter Got to write her a letter
from Pedro show coming on the end of uh, hour two that was Brave Captain which is Martin from uh, Boo Radley's tune called The Monk Jumps Over the Wall before that The Bachelor Pad band from England from the late 80s it's all called The Albums of Jack before that a live uh, recording of Janitor of Lunacy 1972 in Paris with uh, Lou Reed, John Cale, and Nico, of course, singing. And started right after Brother Matt's spin cycle. Thank you, that was a great cool, thanks. spin adventure there. With uh, Sid Barrett, if it's in you, off his uh, Madcap Laugh record. There was a story in an uh, <coughs> English paper about Sid Barrett just recently. And people won't leave Sid alone, you know? Coming up to his door and stuff. What's that about? Touch him. Yeah. <laughs> I just wants a garden. All right. Hold tight for hour three. Coming right up. October 11, 2002. It's the third hour of the Watt from Pedro show. And here's part 11. Missed last show because I got spieling too much with Raymond. So uh, sorry about that. But here's part 11 of the fourth tower of Inverness. And now we return to the thrilling adventure serial, The Fourth Tower of Inverness. Jack Flanders has been regressed into several of his past lives. In those lives, he found himself a painter in Paris at the turn of this century, a young wealthy dandy in England in the 1700s, and a young black girl with a child in an African tribe. As we join him now, he is about to be born to his present-day parents. My mother is seven months pregnant. The circle, the vigilance I keep outside her body, extends only two feet from her. 
I'm also inside, too. I'll move ahead one month. Ah, I'm inside completely now. I can hear everything perfectly. I can hear the stomach gurgling. I can hear the heart. I can even hear everything going on outside. Traffic in the street. Voices talking. I'm getting ready to be born. I'll move ahead. Now I'm head first, waiting. Now I'm... I'm coming out. A lot of gurgling sounds. There's the doctor. Ooh. Oh, he has... he has such cold hands. He has rubber gloves on, and they sure are cold. Lights are so harsh. A lot of stainless steel. He's holding me up. My mother can't see. She's out. Drugs. Now I'm being wheeled down a hallway. I'm lying on my back in a, a sort of a bassinet. Take yourself ahead three years. Well, there I am, standing next to my uncles. Their legs are like tree trunks compared to my size. There's Uncle Jowls. He's really an incredible person. Suntanned, brilliant teeth, laughing. And there's you, Auntie, wearing one of those, those shoulder-padded 40s dresses. You're beautiful. The two of you look so happy. We'll stop now. Whenever you wish to continue at some later time, you may do so by simply relaxing, making yourselves full of light and continuing where you left off. All right. Oh. <laughs> well, Jack, how was your little trip? Wow. Oh, that is amazing stuff. Where did it come from? There is a man named Swigard who somehow arrived at the method. It's so simple, anyone can do it. But of course, it's impossible for most people to believe that they can do anything at all. Oh, boy, it's so strange. You know, when, when I lived in Paris at the turn of the century, I could see that there were, there were certain things in my personality that I still have, and, and I'm trying to work out. Yes, that's often true. Also, when I was looking at my paintings... For example, a farmhouse and, and the yard and the well outside and, and chickens and, and the farmer and his wife off in the field. Well, when I looked at that painting, I found myself standing there in the yard doing the painting. Well, do you see what I mean? Yes, yes, I see. Then I was back at, at Monsieur LeBlanc's gallery looking at the painting. And, and this was true for all the paintings. If it were a bridge over the Seine at night with, with lights reflecting off the water, then I would be there, standing there, hearing all the sounds, breathing the air, watching the people in motion, and then, and then back in the gallery looking at the painting. <laughs> that was incredible. Yes. The mind has the ability to go out and grasp information from anywhere. It's sad that we don't believe we can do it. Come. Let's go out on the terrace. Oh. It'll be quieter out there. Yes, I could use some air. Yes, you may regress yourself often, and you'll find that you've known everyone here. You may have been their father at one time, or their daughter, or, or, or a good friend. It's a nice exercise, don't you think so? Oh, sure, yeah, I, I guess so. 
I I'm still so bewildered that it works. <laughs> it's so simple. I, I expected all kinds of hocus-pocus to be going on. Magic? Well, sure. There's been enough weird things happening to me around here. I, I didn't expect anything so straight. Possibly 90% of magic is showmanship. As you travel more in past lives, you'll see how everyone creates such theater in their lives. It's like watching a play. Hmm, yes. And death. We die over and over and over and over, and still we keep coming back and doing it again. When the Buddha was asked why we must grow old and die, he replied, Because we are born. And so it is that birth is dependent upon the process of becoming. And this process would not have been set into motion if there had not been a will to live and a clinging to life, a thirst after the objects of life. And then we have the wheel of life. Yes, well, go on, go on. Have you seen the Tibetan wheel of life? Well, sure, I, I saw it in your library. But I just want to ask one thing first. Yes. Well, why wasn't I someone famous, or, or a saint, or, or something in my past lives? If you had been a saint, you wouldn't be here now, now would you? Hmm. And also, we should be nicer to our parents, shouldn't we? Since it is we who have chosen them. What was that? Oh, wow, it's the bell. It means we've caught the dragon. Oh, we'll continue with this later, Auntie. Right now, I've got to help Missoula. Holy smoke, there it goes again. We must have caught something else. I, I better be... Again? Dr. Missoula's dragonfly paper appears to be working quite well. <laughs> yes, yes, very well indeed. Missoula, why does that alarm bell keep banging? It, it may be a, 
A mama dragon with a lot of babies. Is that possible? No. Twenty-three! All right, all right. Dragons lay eggs like lizards, but not like turtles. Uh, one female dragon is not going to lay 25 eggs at one... Uh, 26 at one time. Maybe we ought to investigate. Of course, of course. All right, mateys. Look alive. We'll be casting off now. I want to go too, Jack. Oh, little Frida. Load those cables in the heartland, boys. Hey, this may be a bit dangerous. Oh, that's tough. You forget the first time we saw the dragon. Oh, that's right. You stood there and I ran. You ran and picked me up before he swallowed me. All right, well, let's wheel those carts on out to the cave. Wow, the moon is really weird tonight. It has a double ring around it. What does that mean? It's like two Polacks taking a bath together. Huh? A double ring ceremony. Little Frida, I didn't expect something like that from you. Oh, it's all right. I'm Polish. Oh. Do you know why Polacks never commit suicide? Uh, no, why not? You can't commit suicide leaping out a basement window. <laughs> That's terrible. It's funny, though. I used to get people uptight telling these jokes, but then I'd tell them I was Polish and they'd relax and think it was fine and they could laugh. That's really dumb. We're approaching the cave now. This ought to be something. Shh, quiet, quiet. Jack and I will approach quietly. We'll soon see how many we've caught. How are you going to get them loose from the dragon flypaper? One step at a time. Aha, the moon. The moon is acting as our street lamp. I, I can make out the ruins of the temple. It sure looks eerie, those those white pillars in the moonlight and that flypaper strung all over the place. Wait a minute. What do you see? Your 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 dragon flypaper. It's come on, let's move closer. You see? Oh, oh my my lovely dragonfly paper. Ripped to shreds. You couldn't even drive a Mack truck through that. Well, by the looks of it, that, that dragon decided it wasn't going to leave any of your paper hanging from anywhere. I, I can't believe it. I, I've worked months perfecting the formula. And then, then within moments, some nitwit monster rips it apart like, like, uh, like, uh... Tissue paper. Tissue paper? Never! Well, I guess we'd better pick up the litter, huh? I don't believe any nitwit dragon is that smart. So maybe he has a trainer. Uh, maybe, maybe. That's a thought. Around this place, anything's possible. In fact, hey, hey, little Frida, your pigtails are beginning to rise up. They always do that when I sense danger. The dragon? I don't know. All I know is that there's something here. A power here in the ruins of this temple. A power so strong she, that if one is able to she's tap going. into this power, it would be possible to take the energy and apply it to do anything you wish. Little Frida! As long as you didn't Little Frida! To a point where you didn't breathe. 
Shake her something, shake her! Shake what? She's gone. Dissolved. Into thin air. And I dig what Jesus said when he said, lest ye see miracles, ye will not believe. And then he said to Thomas, I guess, after Thomas stuck his finger in his side, you know, the others that believed without testing, their belief, their faith is pure. They're freer, they're more ready. They're more ready to say, yeah, man, go. What happened? I'm not certain, but I believe she dissolved. Oh, obviously she dissolved. Dissolved into pure energy, which we are anyway. But but when she began to feel whatever this energy is, here among these pillars, she began to dissolve just like a teaspoon of sugar that's dropped into a cup of tea. Is she alive? How should I know? You mean you didn't engineer this? I swear to you, this is no illusion. Well, I know it's no illusion. It's just... Oh, damn, what can we do? Go in there after her. Well, we're standing right here on the spot where she disappeared and nothing's happening to us, so... So how? I'll invent something. Oh, boy. Dr. Zarkov of Inverness. You know nothing about Inverness. Absolutely nothing. There are powers here that go back ages. This whole area is sacred territory. That mountain where the house stands was once a place of worship. The house was built all intricate angles to capture and multiply the vibrations that emit from this sacred earth, as well as those that come from... from out there. And this temple, these ruins, no one knows who built them. Okay. So what do we do about little Frida? She may return on her own... If not, we'll go after her. Well, how do we do that? I don't know yet. Wait, I've got it. Chief Wampum, he'd know. He might. Talk to him. In the meanwhile, I, I may as well pick up this dragon litter. Well, I haven't seen the chief tonight. He, he must be back at the house. I'll see you. Wow, this, this place is really weird. I think Dr. Mazzullo was being honest about little Frida. From what I can figure out, they they cause some of the things that, that are going on. But but there's a lot that... Ah, who knows. I suspect that little Frida could already do that or, or was on the verge of being able to do that. Well, somehow it... Weird as it was, it, it seemed kind of natural. I don't know. Oh, that, that moon is really bright. There's a nice view of the mansion. Impressive, all right. Quite a piece of architecture. Those four towers rising up into the sky with their... Four? There's only three. No, there's four. There's the fourth one. 
I can't believe it. It's, it's as solid looking as the rest of them. And that jukebox that plays every time an accident is about to happen. I'll bet there's a way of getting in there by going through the walls. From the inside. Come on, feet. Do your stuff. Somewhere here is, is the entrance to the underground passageway. Oh, here it is. Now, let's see. I think I know. This way. Now, around this corner and... Ah, uh, dead end. This is as bad as the maze. Let's see, it, it's bound to be here, somewhere. I'm positive of that. Let me examine this dead end. Hmm, just a full-length mirror. And I remember how in the Cocteau movies they'd leap into the mirror and disappear. I wonder if that's possible. But, but what if I... Well, here goes. So much for that idea. Maybe there's a button or, or something to push or... Oh, the mirror swings open. It's a door. See what's on the other side. Another mirror? What is this, an amusement park? This mirror... I stepped right through it. I... Nothing. Nothingness. Space. There's clouds floating below, but they're... There, beyond... Beyond the space on the other side are steps leading up. I can't leap that space. Well... Here I am, inside the fourth tower of Inverness at last. But I'm at the bottom and I can't go any farther. I'm stuck. sleep and I dream about you all night long 
tender boughs of innocence burned first, and the wind, and the wind rises, and then, and then all goodness is in jeopardy.
Watt from Pedro Show. That's the Oxes with half, half, and half. Uh, before that, we had Fire Down Below. A song called Superhero. No, it was called Mighty Hero. <laughs> Sorry. Cousin. God. <laughs> An idiot. Sorry. <laughs> Pennsylvania band. And uh, right after uh, Part 11, Fourth Tower, Inverness, we had Julie Christensen with Thunderhead. And now, like I promised, I'm going to play you uh, some of the Rovados, Brother Dale's band, that had me play that club underwear gig last night. <laughs> uh, here we go. Brother Dale, the Rovados, Watford Pedro Show. She had black fishnet stockings on up to her rear That's what made him decide to buy her a beer And he crossed the barroom floor And she had not an idea what was in store She worked at a hamburger stand Together they agreed life was mighty grand And she was a woman in his dreams And he didn't want her to Him and known where he'd been and didn't back down on her own intuition and he was this guy in her dreams and she didn't want him to leave not again
the incredible, let it flow deep through your system. Crank the volume and get California dipping. The beer sipping joint twisting in a city vandal. Shit is hotter than the Sardarina scandal. A handful, a handful of dope ass folks. Suck it, mad at me. Cause I'm gonna be with broke assholes. We with the six stream damager and Dr. Echo at the style shop, kicking it like old man Joe. We gon' set Joe so free from beginning to the end until your highest can be. Not higher than me, cause I don't even think that shit is possible. I've been smoking weed since mom's and we from the hospital.
gold parade more never stops this flow. Oh, I've always been here before. That dad is pleasing, that dad is real. That dad keeps forever, feeling never fill. That dad snuck upon you in the night. Oh, that that you remember in the early child's life That day was supposed to have frightened you But somehow it never took to fright Oh, I have always been here before Ignoring my mind's call of no love Within living temple walls Loving Isn't a part-time thing It's something to be It's being this I bring And loving isn't a part-time thing Certain persons Wouldn't have refused the king he wouldn't have had to leave a thing He wouldn't have had to pay that fee Certain persons didn't know living is for free Loving isn't a part-time thing It's something to be It's been this ivory Loving isn't a part-time thing The land where There is no hostility Everyone lives in peace For loving isn't a part-time thing Loving 
part-time thing is something to be. It's being this I bring. Loving isn't a part-time thing. There is no time for hating. Let it be no waiting. This is Saint Belda's ring. Loving isn't a part-time thing. Isn't a part-time thing. It's something to be. It's being this I bring. Loving isn't a part-time thing. from Pedro show <laughs> brother Matt you want to uh, describe that record sleeve there it, that was the vomit visions from Germany got like a little black and white uh, wartime copy of a uh, little uh, groin surgery here looks like they're pulling out some crawfish <laughs> some mean squirts going on oh no that's a plate ain't it it looks like a plate of turds it could be turds too yeah yep I was going crawfish first. Yeah, it's a nurse. She got her old-time little Red Cross hat on, looking like she's getting some mean uh, discharge squirting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's like projectile. (laughs) The plate of turd. Anyway, that's Vomit Visions uh, with, uh, what's the name of the tune? Nasty Stain, for all you non-speaking German people who couldn't pick up on that. Scratch and sniff. Yeah. 
And uh, before that, some Rocky Erickson. A loving is not a part-time thing, as all the members of Vomit Vision could testify to. Before that, we had uh, Watt, myself, with uh, Nels Klein and uh, Bob Lee, Black Gang. Croonin. Where was that? Uh, that was a Rocky Erickson song. Rocky Erickson song. I've always been here before, and it was uh, in Iowa City at Sal's, some in store in 1998. I get to play with Nels tonight in Long cool. Beach, the Banyan, huh? and uh, Deep Piazzas. And then uh, tomorrow we're going up to San Francisco, play a place I've never played called Elbow Room. Uh-oh. So I get a long ride with uh, Banyan guys, Perk running a van. I get to have a long spiel with Nels. I haven't cool. hung out with him much. Although I have been practicing with him and Kevin from the Geraldine Fibbers, this new Stooges band. Now I'm in five Stooges bands. Wow, we. Looks like some gigs with Jay and the Ashton Brothers in December. Uh, a French gig and two London gigs. Cool. So, But this Stooges band, we're going to play on Halloween up at Bigfoot Lodge in Los Feliz. But... Uh, and something in Spaceland on the 19th. I think Nels, yeah, it's a night of classic rock. And I'm going to do Stooges, but Nels is going to do solo uh, interpretation of Joan Jett. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> in fact, I'm doing Stooges twice because right after the gig, I have to go to Santa Monica and play with Peter and Perk from, uh, yeah, Porno for Pyros. And uh, here's something from the cat. Up in Sacramento, named uh, Percy Howard. He wants me to do some music with him and Vernon Reed. So, uh, oh, I, I screwed up. I didn't say all the songs. Before the Black Gang, uh, we had Things Will Never Change by Zippy meets Dr. Echo. Zippy, the guitar player from uh, Bargain Music, a Sacramento guy, too. Uh, we played the CD release party, me and the second man, a couple weeks ago for this thing. And we start off with the Roboto's each other's dreams thank you brother dale thanks again yeah, for that cool <laughs> gig too some point during the first band set i asked brother dale i said please never ask me to do something like this again. <laughs> uh, he's a great guy okay here's percy howard watt from pedro show i'll take your soft white hand i'll nail it to the wood Photograph your mouth To make your pain eternal Your eyes are two black holes Your skin entraps your soul And when your life leaks out Your soul stays inside you I pray your pain is endless And that you'll never forget The life you could have saved I breathe the cold dry air The wind that kisses my face I feel the velvet skin I feel the naked embrace your soul rings on the floor Collected in the dust 
The light falls into the window And shows you measure to us The pain is done and slow The memory is burning back Oh, you shouldn't have done it
For Pedro show, that was something else. I, I don't know how I get some of these records, you know, but this is from a while ago. It's uh, Katie Bar the Door with. Sounds like they're saying Getzberg Girl. Maybe that's how you say it there. You don't say Gettysburg. No, it's Getzberg. The outfits, a lot. They're sporting full-on mullets and uh, bow tie, bow ties, beetle base. Oh man, it's too much. They look like teenagers. <laughs> Anyway, um, coming to the end of another installment, Watt for Pedro Show, August 11, 2002 edition. He had the Fascist Lawn by the Peaches before that, Low Down Wire Live from a month ago in San Diego. And uh, started with, the, I, I don't know the name of the song, but that was per- Percy Howard. 
it's a very angst uh, thing there. Uh, thanks again, Brother Matt, cool. for your uh, cool. essential Thank you. assistance. Thank you. And uh, next week? Yeah. I right. think I might be going to San Francisco next week, but Friday we can do it. Okay, so next week, another Watt from Pedro show. Yeah. Okay, keep your powder dry. Cool.